Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. Now, I wanted to initially make this about one character that Cody Rhodes has gone under, but I thought, why not revisit all the different characters that he's had during his time in WWE? I'm not going to include the stuff with AEW or Impact or any of that stuff. Just WWE, because he's gone through, I count about seven-ish characters at least that I can describe. So I want to go through all of them and kind of give my thoughts on how everyone is. Kind of like what I did with the Billy Gunn episode a little while back. So the first gimmick that he had was the rookie thing. When he first came up, he was there by his father's side. And he became tag champions after being under the wing of Hardcore Holly. You could probably describe that as kind of like a blue chipper kind of guy. Because that's the only description I can give it. It's kind of like the same thing what you saw with The Rock when he first debuted at Survivor Series 96. It's like, oh, I'm just happy to be here and I want to make a name for myself because I'm not a first-generation superstar. I got shoes to fill. Even though The Rock did a better job, but regardless. I mean, that kind of worked at first, but the problem is that they did not really do him any favors at the beginning because he was developing a losing streak when he got on television and the only way he was able to win his job was that he had to defeat Davari, the former manager of both the great Kali and Muhammad Hassan, in order to save his job. Because it's like, hey, you're losing too much. Win this match or fuck off. I mean, that <laughs> kind of an odd way to start it. Now you get to the second gimmick. the one I would kind of combine these two being priceless slash legacy. So at Night of Champions 2008... He was going in as tag champions with Hardcore Holly to go against Ted DiBiase Jr. and a mystery tag partner. Turns out the mystery tag partner was Cody Rhodes because he turned on Hardcore Holly, dropped him with the DDT, and helped Ted DiBiase pin him. So, because of that, he turned heel, and they formed this team initially known as Priceless, which I kind of like the theme song for. And he counted as the second reign as tag team champions. It's like, oh, I got a new tag team partner, and we never saw Hardcore Holly again. And then that kind of developed later on into Legacy, which would run until about 2010, where it's kind of like an evolution hybrid, except you got one main guy with two guys like trying to raise him up, compared to two past guys and two current guys. I mean, this worked, even though it got repetitive like with the booking, because it's like, oh, Randy Orton's in trouble, we gotta end this match in disqualification and interfere, because that's like the only option. We can't do something sneaky. It has to be disqualification. I mean, it worked to kind of build their names up, and they did get into a feud with DX, but it never really felt like the team got elevated, even after, like, the little period after Legacy broke up before then Cody developed a new character. Like, yeah, you knew who these guys were, but they didn't have a whole lot going on to really make them credible names. Like, yeah, they got a tag team victory over DX at the Breaking Point pay-per-view, but that was it, because they lost to SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell. So they won one out of the three pay-per-view matches that they had against the team. Then you get to the next one, which was rather odd. And that was his whole, I'm dashing gimmick, where I think according to what they said, it was because he would, the Divas were interviewed in like some magazine or whatever and said, who's the most dashing person in WWE? And they voted, voted Cody Rhodes. So we end up having this character where he's all about his appearance and he's doing backstage vignettes where he's like, oh, here's some grooming tips to work on your wrinkles or good hair care products or how to get rid of the hair out of your ears or whatever he was doing. The whole thing was just supposed to be about the fact that he's all about his appearance 
it's whatever. We've seen that so many times over the years where people are just like, hey, I'm the best looking person ever. We saw, like, with a spinoff with the model Rick Martel, Shawn Michaels, he's the sexy boy when he first started, and he had sensational Sherry by his side. It's not an uncommon thing. You have people saying, hey, I look good, don't touch my face. Well, then they spun that off into the undashing character, because I don't know if this was real or not. I think there have been conflicting reports about this where he had a match against Rey Mysterio and Rey delivered a 619 and the knee brace that was underneath his tights smashed Cody in the face, therefore breaking his nose. Again, I don't know if that's real or not. I don't think there's ever been any concrete answer, even though you could not see any blood coming out of his face, even even when he was covering his face with his hand. And that led to the undashing character where he's wearing a clear mask. He's saying that he's... Like, face has been destroyed in his self-confidence. He feels ugly, and now he wants to take it out on Rey Mysterio and other people. And he starts bringing out the paper bags and all that stuff. I mean, that worked to me because at least it was something creative. It's like, hey, I feel ugly. You people are ugly, too. Cover up your faces because I have to cover up mine, even though it was a see-through mask and he didn't have any padding on his face to try to say, hey, trying to keep my nose in place. This is the only protection I got. I mean, that worked even with a darker gimmick, but it was just whatever. Then you get to the next one, the Team Rose Scholars era, where he started teaming with Damien Sandow and grew out a mustache. And it's supposed to be this tag team where we're two smart guys. You got one guy who's always in a bathrobe with a big bushy beard, and I'm just here with a mustache. I mean, like, yeah, they had some fun moments, like when the Team Road Scholars was doing a parody of the New Age Outlaws entrance theme, and Demian Sandow was taking his own spin with the lyrics saying, Oh, you were not aware? Your posterior better contact someone! I mean, Sandow was the more entertaining one between himself and Cody during this run, to be quite honest. I mean, that was it was a fine period, but it's like the team never really went anywhere because they never became tag team champions, and they broke up because Sandow won the Money in the Bank contract. So that put an end to that team. So then you go to the next one, and this was where it all went downhill. Because, I mean, yeah, you had a feel-good moment when Cody teamed with Goldust, and they became tag champions, and they saved their jobs. But then you get to the gimmick that doomed him, and I'll explain why in just a moment. The Stardust gimmick. Because himself and Goldust were on a downward spiral, they're losing matches, and Cody's like, Oh, brother, you deserve a better tag team than me. And then he's like, Oh, you do get a new tag team. It's your brother, only a Wish.com version of you. Where it's just like he's got face paint and designs and everything with stars all over it. It's just like whatever. I mean, yeah, they had some goofy stuff, but it's just like nothing mainstream. I think they might have been tag champions again at some point during that run. Like, I can't remember because my memory is getting foggy of 2014-2015 at this point. But then they really screwed the pooch because then the plan was they, the brothers were going to face off WrestleMania 31, but instead they gave the match to Fastlane because Stardust is tired of being referred to as Cody. It's like, I'm Stardust. I'm not Cody. Even with his father getting involved, it's like, no, you're not like you're not listening. I'm not your son. I'm not Cody. So like they had the lackluster match at Fastlane, and then the character went downhill because the problem with the Stardust gimmick are two things. One, too goofy and outlandish. And two, when the character was split away from Goldust, it had absolutely no direction. When you had it with Goldust, it had a direction. It's like, hey, a younger version of his brother trying to gain success by kind of emulating his antics and look and everything. But then when you split him apart from his brother, what's his motive? Why is he here? Why is he having matches? Like, what's his overall long-term goal? 
because that was never established because he had none. The only thing I remember him doing with the Stardust gimmick after this was like having a feud with Stephen Amell at SummerSlam 2015 and then doing some stuff with the Ascension who were pretty much lower tier guys at that point. So it's like the character had nowhere to go once he split him apart from his brother. And now you get to this current role, the American Nightmare. The, I don't know how the American Nightmare was perceived over in Impact or AEW or wherever it debuted in. The way I can describe at least this character is that he's the guy who left the company to try to make a name for himself. And now he's back to try to achieve something that his family in the past never got to achieve. So it's something about maybe stepping out of the shadows of his family. I mean, people could probably correct that in the comments based on how they interpret this character. But I can interpret it as a guy who left, came back... And he wants to honor the family name by achieving something that was never achieved before. In this case, he's trying to be WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. Maybe whether holding one of the belts or both of them. But that's like the closest interpretation I can give in terms of a character description. So that is like seven different gimmicks that he's had since he debuted. In terms of like to even how I feel about all of them. The rookie, generic... Nobody cares about a new upcoming rookie. He's like, hey, I got a famous father. It's like, okay, but you got to make a name for yourself too to get me to care. The Priceless Legacy thing, it got him like started because like, hey, he's getting the rub by being with Cody, with Randy Orton. But nothing really ascended him up to the card. The Dashing character was just weird. The Undashing was probably like the best overall in terms of like character work that he did. At least that I can give it. Team Road Scholars, he just grew a mustache. Stardust, it had no like no direction after he broke apart from his brother. And the American Nightmare, it's building up because like the guy's gotten over. Even though like a lot of the KS people love his entrance music too, but at least I can say with the American Nightmare character, he's got a goal. He's got an objective. We never saw that with many of the other characters. Like what was the like, what was the motivation for the dashing character being around? He was just wanted to teach people, hey, here's how you make yourself look good. It's like the rookie, he's just there, priceless. He wants to make a name for himself and be big because he's rubbing up against Randy Orton for some reason. Undashing, he also had kind of motivation. Like, he feels that other people should feel the ugliness he feels. Road Scholars, I don't know there. And Stardust, he's just there to be, to spike litter. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, let me know all in the comment section below. What did you think about all these different iterations that we've seen of Cody Rhodes in WWE, what was your favorite gimmick that he's sported? And what was your least favorite? For me, favorite has to be on Dashing, because again, I mean, it was good character work. Least favorite, of course, is Stardust, because the reasons I just gave. And maybe because of who his brother is. Hint, hint. <laughs> anyway, hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please remember to leave a like, subscribe with the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other services that the podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.